Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Autumn Outlaw with an original Outlaw podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit unique. Um, most everyone across the world is either sheltering in place or um, they're doing some kind of quarantine um, in their home. And so I'm no different. I am actually recording this from the back corner of the Outlaw Manor, <laughs> my house. Um, so as, as we go through today, you may hear um, a kid rumble or a dog bark or a something along the way, um, but we're going to do the best we can because I have some a really great guests today that I think has some really great stories and just a really great mission to talk about. And so I'm really excited to have Travis Hill as my guest. Thanks for being here, Travis. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so tell us where you are currently as we are doing this little um, podcast. I am currently hiding from my four-year-old son in my driveway. <laughs> in your so driveway, he, he yeah. Home, stretches his legs and is playing blocks and asking questions, trying to cut down the the background noise as much as possible. I'm hiding in the truck. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. I know that you um, are kind of working from home some and then um, in your shop. And so I'm glad you're able to carve out some time to talk with us a little bit today. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit um, here in a minute about Heart of Texas Field Guides, which is a great organization um, that you helped found. And so before we get into that, though, I want to find out more about you. Of course, I know about you. We used to work together um, at Texas State Technical College years ago. And that's how we met, how I first heard about the Heart of Texas Field Guides. But um, tell everybody about you and your family and where you grew up, if you don't mind. Um, when I tell people I'm from somewhere, I say I'm from West. I grew up kind of everywhere. We lived all over Bosque County. Um, West West is like West Coma, Texas, not West Texas, right? <laughs> West, West Coma, Texas. Everybody <laughs> calls it the comma just because it's when you say you're from west they're like oh what part right <laughs> outside of town actually um so yeah west comma tech did most of my growing up there um, otherwise uh, my dad lives in clifton and my mom spent most of her time around meridian cramples gap clifton area which i'm so, very familiar with i grew up in clifton so i'm a bosky county girl too we're in uh, we're in clifton as much as we can we got to take my son back to go see grandma and papa as often as possible that's just uh that's one of the prettiest places in, in texas so it's oh, hard yeah. to keep from all the juniper trees and, and limestone rock. I love going over there. It's beautiful. I know that it's probably one of the top places for people to go hunting also. I know there's a lot of deer hunters out there and um, it's really a beautiful, beautiful place. I know that that's part of the mission behind the Heart of Texas Field Guides. Tell us a little bit about um, about this organization. Yeah, so Heart of Texas Field Guides, um, we, we just refer to it as Field Guides most of the time. It is a Waco-based 501c3 uh, outdoor youth ministry, um, primarily targeting um, Central Texas young men. Um, so we, as far as field guides goes, we try to target guys that are uh, 11 or 12 years old on the way up to 18. Um, and then even at 18, we still have some interaction with them afterwards. We usually try to steer them towards an organization like Legacy Outfitters or somebody like that to kind of take over when they age out from us. But 11 to 18 is kind of the target group for young men in, in the Waco, greater Waco area that, that we hang out with. We also have a smaller group called Junior Guides, which is anywhere from seven to eight, depending on the kid, up to 11. 
they're not as regular outings or as strenuous, but maybe once a quarter we get together with those young guys and try to try to teach them some outdoor skills. Hang on one second, my daughter just walked in. Jetta, go in there, baby. Nope, go in there, Daddy. Go. I'm doing Sorry, just one second. <laughs> Go in there, you can't be in here. Where's daddy? Tell him. Okay, don't let me, y'all can't be in here. So sorry. <laughs> uh, she wanted me to unbutton her little dress. She's playing dress up. Yeah, real life. <laughs> and that's part of this whole like thing is, I mean, I'm on conference calls and I'm like all the time waving kids away like, no, don't come in here. <laughs> or I'm yelling the dog through the window while my thing's on, um, calls on mute. We're telling them to shut up. <laughs> so it's real yeah. life. <laughs> my wife has been working from home. She's got her computer set up in our kitchen and so I can keep my bulldog from pulling all the wires out from underneath there. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about growing up um, in West and then also kind of, you, you have some roots there in Bosque County. Talk to me more about your, your family, your wife and your son. Um, my wife is like fifth or sixth generation West girl. I always say she's the quintessential West girl. She had a really, really long, hard to say check last name before we got married. <laughs> so say um, it. What is it? <laughs> was, uh, she was a Devon Deaner. Oh, wow. Before. So it's funny. We did the math on it one day and her, after she married me, her first middle last name has one more letter than her maiden last name. All by wow. Time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I never knew how she got out of kindergarten having to write all that for a last name, but a little bit easier now. So yeah, so she's, uh, we grew up together here in West, we were schooled together, uh, we were, are the same age, we graduated together, and uh, um, I always tell everybody West is, is one big family, so my wife had to marry me because I'm the only person she's not related to around here. But, <laughs> yeah, West uh, is such a cool community, it's really neat. It's been great, it's been great growing up here, even being from Meridian and, and Clifton, that area, and then moving in, not being a, a quote-unquote local. You know, I've got some family, some families around here that have just adopted me into those families, and it's it's been great. It's, it's an awesome place to grow up. So when we, uh, me and my wife Karen, have been married for 11 years, as of just a couple of days ago, we've had all of our big events all happen in the shelter at home event. So we've had my 35th birthday, our 11 year anniversary, my son's fourth birthday was just um, on Sunday, oh. and so my wife's birthday is coming up at the end of April. So we're getting all of our big events out of the way while we're all at home together. So. Oh, well, at least you're together, but I hope that once all this kind of clears out, that y'all go have a really big celebration. You all deserve it for sure. Yeah, we're having a big, big, big party when all this is done. Yeah, my, my son was a little confused as to why the birthday party was his mom, dad, and dog. Oh. But uh, got lots of Lego blocks that he, he quit caring about nobody showing up. Yeah, well, neat. Uh, like I say, my wife has grown up right here in the, in the greater West area. So it's nice to have my son growing up here as well. We, uh, when, we, when we found out my wife was pregnant, we started looking uh, – moving away from Waco to try to get back into West where we grew up. Bought a house half a mile away from my in-laws. Been here ever since. That's great. Love the small town living. It definitely is a, a good place to land. And so because you grew up in West and, and around Clifton and Meridian, I imagine that fishing and hunting, all that is just part of, I mean, you probably did that on the weekends and all, you know, after school and that's something you did all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. That just, I didn't really have any friends or anything that didn't do those activities. Um, so when I, you know, later on growing up and you find out some people don't fish and don't hunt, that was like a foreign concept to me. I grew up trying to go anywhere and everywhere. My grandpa would take me with him and uh, he hunted all over North America and he was um, a big advocate of getting young men outdoors, um, teaching me how to hunt and fish and hike safely and and uh, even tracking, there's a, a big ranch right outside of Meridian that he would go hiking on almost every day. And he'd take me with him when I would, when I could. And there'd be times where he's like, sit right here. You got to give me a five minute head start. And then he'd make me track him like wherever he went. Ranch. So we just spent all of our time outdoors. And that's when I found out about field, or it wasn't quite field guys yet. Um, we started out as another organization before that. But when I met Matt Weibel, when he was founding field guides, just previous to it starting, I was like, man, I'm, this is the way I grew up was with uh, an older guy teaching a kid everything he knew about the outdoors and, and trying to impart some of that wisdom and, and still kind of having somewhat of a ministry spin on it too. So it was, you know, a lot of outdoor experiences for me too were like a very religious type experience as well. 
So it's certainly a natural fit for you to be a part of an organization that, that does this. It takes young men out to learn how to fish and hunt and, and kind of see the land and, and find the animals out there and teach them how to do it safe and do it the right way while the ministry component is there. So you kind of lived that growing up. Uh, so how many of y'all started this? I know you mentioned um, Matt, but who else started with this uh, organization with y'all? So early on, Matt was actually working for another, like, I guess, umbrella ministry. It was a nationwide outdoor youth ministry. It was in multiple states. There's quite a, you know, they had like state directors and then like local, what they called outfitters. So Matt was the Waco outfitter. There was a San Antonio guy and a Houston guy and, you know, people in, in every, I think they were in six or seven other states. And so he did, he, he fundraised for that for a year and then really was actively running that ministry for a year. And as he was starting to ramp that up is when I met him. I actually met Matt of all places at Home Depot. I was <laughs> working full time in a metal fabrication shop and then working at Home Depot just as an extra income. And I just so happened to be working in the paint department that day and I never worked in paint, but I was covering and a guy came in with an outfitter shirt on and I was like, hey, tell me about your shirt. He's like, oh, I run a youth ministry. I was like, uh, your shirt says outfitter. What about the hunt part of it? That's what I want to know. He's like, oh, well, we hunt and stuff too, but it's primarily a youth ministry. He's like, you want to help? I said, no, not really. He's <laughs> like, well, let me buy you lunch and talk about it. And I said, uh, okay. So tentatively went to lunch with this guy. I, I was kind of had walked away from kind of my Christian walk at the time. Uh, it was just kind of finding my way through the world aimlessly. Was just married, trying to figure that out. So a lot of like brand new things to me. And I go to lunch with this guy and I said, look, man, I'll help you with the hunting part of it. But the ministry is on you. He's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, a year later, we broke away from that ministry to do our own thing and have just never looked back. And that was in 2010 that Field Guides was founded. Um, so me and Matt have been doing ministry together for a little over 11 years, or right at 11 years. So as long as I've been married, I've been involved with this ministry as well. And so we started Heart of Texas Field Guides in 2010 with myself, Matt Weibel, his dad, um, who everybody calls Speedy, and then a couple of other kind of, I guess, elders from his church. There, that group of guys was all from Highland Baptist Church. Um, I was kind of the the outlier in that. So a man named Stu Abens was founding board member and David Woodard. And only recently, um, all of those guys have all still been involved with the ministry up until we just had some guys shift around how much involvement they had with the board, but we were all the, all the volunteers and we needed five guys to make up our board of directors. There just so happened to be five of us. So we all got a spot on the board and we've all had it ever since. Oh so yeah. It's, it's a, uh, we meet every year and, and make sure everybody wants to keep doing their same job. And everybody says, yes, been trucking right along for over a decade now. It sounds like God really put you in the right place at the right time to be around the right people and kind of led you down this path. And uh, that's really incredible. It's, it's a neat story to hear. Tell, tell me what a typical like, event looks like. I know you have several events throughout the year. Can I talk through the events and what that looks like if someone wants to have their son or their child be a part of this? Yeah, so we, uh, we try to do what we call monthly outings. Um, there's usually a month or two where it just doesn't shake out with, with scheduling. When you're trying, you know, you've got kids in sports, you know, when sports season's going on, um, trying to schedule around all the different sports all our kids do just gets crazy. So, but we try to do something every month. Um, it's usually a weekend long outing, and they are uh, they are a pretty wide range of things. Anywhere from we've got a cabin we have access to on the Navasota River, so we go down and we kind of either tent camp or stay in the cabin and run trot lines and fish white bass and everything on the Navasota. To um, we've got a partner in East Texas um, that has a very large high fence ranch called Stillwater Refuge. Stillwater lets us come out and stay in the bunkhouse and. We go out and it's either fishing outing or depending on whatever the legal hunting season is at the time, it's either deer hunting or pig hunting or we do some dove hunting and ducks out there to just going out and doing service projects for them. Um, the Easley family is who runs that, that ranch and they support us at all times. And so we try to go out and do a bunch of service work for them as well. And all the way back up to right here in Waco, we stay at some of our volunteers' houses. A lot of times it's 
setting up cots in Matt's living room. And we, uh, we'll either fish the middle bosky or the north bosky for whites. We actually, that was the very first thing that we were impacted from the COVID-19 was canceling a white bass outing on the middle bosky um, just a few weeks ago. The white bass are running. Uh, we all like to fly fish and we've got the kids fly fishing. And so hooking, hooking kids up on white bass on lightweight fly tackles has become like our new favorite thing to do. So we fish around here locally. We duck hunt around here locally, either on the Brazos or even Lake Waco. And just kind of any and all activities we can do locally. Uh, the last activity all the kids got to do was a junior guys outing to a, a property that meets up with yeah so they just had an outing um, at mother Neff, uh, next to mother net park on a private rant um, doing an arrowhead hunt so all the kids spent some time in the creek and doing some excavation and uh, got to find quite a few artifacts so just kind of a little bit of anything and everything to get kids outside so it's not so, only fishing and hunting for like animals but arrowhead hunting too that's you know kind of another way to look at that so it's a chance to get them outside um really kind of the lay of the land feel you know feel the earth and kind of see what's out there and um Kind of experience that so how do how do kids get involved like say i have three kiddos um, my husband's not a big um hunter or fisher my daughter who's four recently said she wanted to go fishing and so we had some friends um we all went together to go fishing and she loved it um and i'm learning a little bit more about fishing now too but you know, i think my kids would enjoy this how could i get plugged in or you know, I have some friends who are single moms who would love for their sons to experience this what's the best way to, to get them plugged into this program yeah that's that's really where field guides fills that kind of niche spot right there is um, we saw an opportunity with meeting a lot of single moms I was raised primarily in, by just my mother in a single parent household like I was around my dad and my stepmom all the time so I always had a constant presence from either my dad or my grandpa on my mom's side um, but you know day to day was in a single parent household with my mother and so like I've got a real soft spot for single moms and their sons in those those situations so that's really where field guides came from was to step in and get men in our community to maybe not fill a father role, but fill the mentor role. Um, so we, uh, that's really where that came from. And so we've reached out to a lot of folks. The best way to get involved is to email Matt Weibel. Um, any of our, either on the website, um, heartoftexasfieldguides.com or any of our social media is usually Matt's email. So uh, I think it's Matt at hotfieldguides.com. He does a monthly MailChimp large email to everyone. And so what that does is it tells you about the events coming up. And then also kind of gives you a rundown of the events that just happened, um, usually with photos and kind of a write-up. That's usually the best way is to go through the email and get on that email chain. All right, and I see you can go to um, hotfieldguides.com, and there's a little contact tab, and you can put your email in and sign up really yeah. easily. Plus, you have yeah. a really large presence on social media. I was looking through, you're on Instagram and YouTube, Facebook and Twitter, um, so you really are plugged in and really showing what you're doing out there, which is great. Because I, I think, you know, for some people who maybe aren't from Central Texas or even from an area where they were um, able to hunt or fish, they didn't really get it. This is a way to show them what it looks like, where their, their son would go and how they get to go out and experience this. Yeah, for sure. That was one thing. And me and Matt were even talking about that earlier was we have a website because that's what you do. You have a website. Uh, we have social media because that's where everybody goes. Um, anytime I meet someone new or learn about a new company, usually the first thing I do is Facebook or Instagram search. And that's just kind of where we've seen we get the most traffic is on is on social media. And a, a lot of times with the, the technology age that we're in, you know, that's the way we stay in contact with a bunch of our kids. Um, I've got some kids that, that I talk to and mentor on a pretty regular basis. It's funny how it's just become almost like an integral part of how not just we run a ministry and market a ministry, but also still operate it with the kids that are involved. That's great. Kind of bring it to their level and make sure you're able to contact them. So I want to ask, you know, with everything going on with COVID-19, it's really turned our world upside down. How are you able to like stay in touch with the kids and, and what are you able to do now? Uh, is everything on hold or are you able to find ways to still engage with these kiddos that maybe um, you haven't before? Yeah, that's been, that's the toughest part for us because like 
Um, on our monthly outings, um, we have something called campfire talks where we sit around, um, weather permitting a campfire and have very intentional conversations with, with each other. And it's kind of, you know, that we've got that uh, cliche saying what happens at, at campfire stays at campfire. What you talk about there stays around these guys that, you know, we're all teaching each other how to be men. And so we have a whole lot of face-to-face interactions. That's really good about sporting events and showing up and picking kids up from school and going to get a, an ice cream at Dairy Queen or something and just kind of sitting down face-to-face and, and checking in. So not having that face-to-face interaction, we spend a lot of time with kids and deer blinds sitting right next to each other, you know, waiting on game to come out. In the meantime, hey, let's talk about kind of our question of the day is something that when they wake up, we pose a question for them to think about during the day. And you're sitting next to somebody in the deer stand and it's quiet. And you're kind of waiting on something to happen that's just an excellent opportunity to really sit down and have a lot of intentional conversations with each other where you can see each other. You know, you get the emotional kind of inflection people put in their speech. It makes life a lot easier. Um, with the COVID-19 and the shelter in place, we were all kind of scratching our heads like, what do we do? I've seen public education do just a phenomenal job of totally changing the way that they operate their complete operation really overnight to accommodate that. We are, for all of our social media presence, we are a bunch of guys that are really good at making fire with a couple of sticks or catching fish. Um, We're not all real tech savvy. So to get a bunch of guys to now have to, you know, using platforms like Zoom to video chat with people or audio chat with people or, or texting or the, you know, the instant message here and there, texting, you know, DMing people on social media. Um, I've got a boy that I talk to and I email him, which has just been a foreign concept to me to wrap my head around. Um, it's almost become where we spend more time in contact with them now than we do. I've got one boy that I text every day, you know, just to kind of check in. Hey, are you reading these Bible verses? What do you think about it? What's going on in life? What are some prayer requests that you have that we can pray together for or that I can pray over you? Or, hey, I need you praying for this because I'm going through the same stuff too. And and just trying to be intentional with each other without being there in person. That's awesome. That's still, it's great that you're still able to be connected with them and still encourage them um, because they need that. I mean, we all need that. That's, that's really great. You're able to do that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously. And six, one, since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, I'm Ann Harder. Central Texas Living has found a new home on the Rogue Media Network in a podcast. Join me each week as I talk to a new guest from our community that you may know or have always wanted to. We'll talk about exciting events, progress, changes in our little part of the world, and much more. And if you've got people you'd love to hear from on the podcast, just drop me a line at ann at roguemedianetwork.com. The show you've loved over the years on television is now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today and we'll see you next time on Central Texas Living. So I can imagine once uh, we kind of get through this COVID-19, we're probably going to need some more volunteers because these kids are going to be ready to go. They're going to want to be out there and start fishing and hunting and, and really going and doing a lot of fun things. If someone wants to get involved, how do they do that? Um, right back to getting in contact with Matt. Um, it's, it's, Matt is his full-time job is Heart of Texas Field Guides. And it's funny because we, everybody in our organization has got strengths. Matt's his leadership and organization. <laughs> he hates public speaking. And so that's why me and him get along so good. 
I tell people all the time, ask me questions about my ministry. I love, I love to talk. I love to talk about ministry, our ministry. And so that's why you're speaking to me. I, I love this organization and what we do. And so I go out and speak to people. Um, but Matt is the backbone of this organization. And so all the volunteer or prospective volunteers go through Matt and uh, you email him. He sets up usually a lunch right now. It's kind of hard to do because again, you sit in a parking lot and look at each other from car to car and make a phone call, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Now, so it's, yeah, we're just totally changing the way that we do everything, but email through getting a hold of Matt and we have um, actually a fairly in-depth interview process to be a volunteer. And it's really just because when we send these kids, you know, your kids out with people, we want to know who your kids are going out with. There's lots of guys that are, are volunteers and after they go through all, you know, it's a two or three stage interview process to make sure who we're getting. Um, even after that, they spend quite a bit of time with some of us that have been around the whole time before they ever really go out and do anything on their own with the kids. You know, this day and age that we live in, our number one priority above all else is these kids' safety. I want to teach them stuff. I want them to have a good time, but also want to make sure that they're learning what we want them to learn and learning it in a safe environment. So um, we're pretty stringent, I guess, about the way that we go about getting volunteers, which really speaks to the core volunteers that we have now that they're just a great group of guys. You can see a bunch of those fellas through social media. There, We just did a, a big volunteer kind of, retreat um, at Stillwater Refuge with all of our guys. You can see pictures from that on for sure Facebook and I'm sure Instagram too. But if you're wanting to look into who your kids would be going out with, it's that group of guys right there. And it's funny when you look at them, you're like, oh, I know him or I work with him or, or something like that because it's just everybody from the community. So we, uh, when we pick up new volunteers, that's, you know, what we're looking for is, is somebody preferably, you know, mid, mid twenties or older. that's got a really good, strong Christian walk and a good background. I think the only person we've really rolled the dice on on being a volunteer and it's turned out was me. Um, I've probably got the, the sketchiest background out of everybody there. And I've, I've been around for 10 years and I talk about all the time, uh, the person I was 10 years ago versus now and now field guides has helped mold me even as a volunteer into, you know, I've learned to be a father through the guys that are older than me that volunteer with field guides. It's helped me father my son and I've learned to be a husband to the older guys and helps me to, to be a better husband to my wife. And so it's, it's funny how volunteers, um, they usually find out how much more they get out of it even than they put in. Yeah, it's, that would be the best way is go through Matt. And we'll, we're learning how to adjust our interview process on the fly, really. Well, as you mentioned about how it changed you, it really speaks to the program that you feel like you gained so much from that as a volunteer. So I think it's important not only for the kids going through the program, but the volunteers to consider how that impacts them. Um, I want to talk real fast about the, uh, how you're getting um, kids involved is there a cost to do this and and then if someone wants to sign up how do they do that how do they get their kids signed up to come to an event they show up or is there a process for the um sign up for that yeah so there's um part of that mailchimp email when you when you sign up through matt to get the emails he's also going to send you some outing paperwork so the outings are self-funded that's been one thing that it's been funny other organizations have told us we do this wrong they're like you don't make any money off of your outings and part of that is because we don't want to limit the amount of kids that can go so we might go on an outing um, for the weekend, it may cost 45 or $50 for the whole weekend for the kid. And that's fuel, that's food, that's lodging, that's the whole nine yards. So they get a full weekend in any one of these places that we go, usually for an average of $50. So there's outing paperwork that you have to sign. There's some releases that you have to sign, of course, just like going on a field trip with school, there's paperwork to sign. So we're going to fill out those releases, fill out some of that paperwork so we know more about your kid. Because there's been some kids that the first time I ever met them, they were sitting down in the backseat of my truck to go to East Texas for the weekend. And so some of that paperwork kind of shows us what kind of medication your kids take and we can kind of stay up on some of that. So yeah, there's just a couple of sheets of paperwork that come as an attachment to the outing email. That'll show you where we're going, what, you know, where we're staying, what we're doing, who we'll be with. Um, so the parents are fully informed along with multiple points of contact for Matt's phone number, my phone number, the host, their contact information. Um, so the parents know exactly where their kids are going, but it, 
it's all through that email system. And usually what we do is we'll leave late on a Friday afternoon, right around four, four thirty ish. When we try to meet up, most of the time we meet at Matt's house and we pile in a couple of our pickups of all our gear and we leave and we get back um, mid afternoon Sunday, usually for a weekend outing. Um, once a year too, and right now it's still on the books. I'm praying every day. Our favorite trip we do, we do a week long trip in Colorado. Oh, wow. We take a bit, you know, a group of ten, maybe even sometimes up towards twelve kids, um, as many volunteers as we can get, and we leave for seven days. And we stay. Um, it's kind of glamping. We've got some people we've made contact with up there that have some great cabins. Um, we're camping somewhere around 8,800 feet of elevation, and we spend six days in the Rocky Mountains, fly fishing and hiking, and just seeing everything we can see in our six days while we're there. And so that's our favorite trip all year. I look forward to that trip all year long. We we spend a lot of time around nine or ten thousand feet of elevation hiking everywhere. And so for this flatland Central Texas guy, that's always really hard on me. And, uh, but I love it the whole week. You know, we're just exhausted and we have a great time and we got great stories to tell. And there's tons of pictures from that trip on on our on our social media as well. But that is the week where we get to spend six days either on a trail or in a cabin with these guys, just really trying to have a lot of in-depth, intentional conversations with these guys. They're really really spend some time so we disciple all during the year I, you know we spend some time mentoring these kids talking to them throughout the year um, see them once a month on our outings and then that week-long trip in Colorado is really the culmination of a lot of the relationships we've been building all during the year so that trip right now um, <laughs> you can tell everybody that's listening to the podcast to pray for everything all the travel bans to be lifted before the end of July so we can still do that trip I hope y'all can that sounds amazing I, <clears throat> I would like to go on that trip that sounds great and being outdoors in Colorado it's beautiful so that's such a cool such a neat thing you're doing. I mean, uh, you know, to take kids here locally to see, you know, what we have in Central Texas, but take them into Colorado and see more. And then the ministry on top of that is just such a neat program. And I remember you and I talked about this about five years ago, and uh, it stuck with me that just to hear the passion that you have for this, and that uh, this is before you had your son too, and just that you're you know pouring in so much to these young men and these kids about um, you know what it means to to go just go fish and have a conversation. It's kind of it's a little bit of a simple simple times even think of it it's so important so this organization is such a, a really neat neat group of men who are doing some great things so thank you for being a part of that very much my pleasure i love that that ministry that we do i remember growing up as a kid hiking with my grandpa and if he was going to try to teach me some kind of faith-based life lesson there was one spot on this ranch that we'd go to it was a big down log that overlooked this really big ravine um which you can find in bosque county that's a beautiful country so if you're going to talk about god you need to go somewhere where god spent a little extra time and uh just outside of Meridian towards the state park. He spent some time there. So when we were learning something really in depth, he would take me up there and we'd go talk about it kind of on this log. And he always acted like that log was our church pew. And we were having these big life lessons. So that's one thing we've learned over the years is we did summer camp for a lot of years in East Texas on our friend's ranch. And it's like, it's 115 degrees sometimes in the summer and we're chasing pigs through the woods and it's just so miserable hot. And we're like, God gave us Colorado and it's open and beautiful during the summer. What are we doing? So <laughs> Five years we've been going up there and it's like to take a kid from the cornfields of Waco to you know the Rocky Mountains in July and we get up high enough some of the lakes where we get to see snow sometimes that's the first and only time some of these kids have ever seen snow and so and they see it in July and it's it's a great opportunity to learn about God in a place that's just the most beautiful I've ever been it's, it's a great trip very cool I want to um, shift gears real quick because I want to talk about just briefly um, your current job. You work for Sticker Universe, which is here in Waco, and it's a sister company to Hole in the Roof, and they do a lot of promo items like shirts and things. But Sticker Universe, I want you to talk about one of the coolest experiences you've had, or at least the one I know of, which um, has a little bit to do with Magnolia. Yeah, we, uh, you know, Hole in the Roof, uh, their number one customer, in my opinion, is probably Magnolia. They do a lot of business with them, and one of our best also is Magnolia. And so when they call on us to do 
some really cool projects. We jump on those opportunities. So John Peel, my boss at Sticker Universe, um, has done a good job of being kind of connected through Waco and connected to that Magnolia group. And uh, so they called us up and we're like, hey, Chip wants to do something really cool for Joanna for Valentine's Day. This was two years ago, the first time we talked about it. And uh, we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And they're like, we want to put Chip Loves Joe on the side of the silos. We're like, guys, we're a sticker company and that's a giant rusty silo. Um, <laughs> we're going to take all that beautiful old paint off. They're like, well, we don't want to paint it. We don't want to put a sticker. So can you guys figure that out? It's like, well, of course we can. So then we had to figure it out. So what we ended up doing was printing all that out on banner material. Um, all of those letters were hand hemmed in-house in our print shop there in, in downtown Waco. And uh, we did um, adhesive magnets about every 18 inches on the border of all those letters. And then February 13th, we go up in a 65 foot tall boom lift and night before and, and work our magic and put that thing up. Um, it was like the middle of the night though, wasn't it? Didn't you go like, like late, late? Yeah, so it's, that's the magic of the silos, right? Everything overnight and you wake up the next day and something's totally changed. Um, and so we went up there, I think we got there around eight o'clock. Um, I think we got done at almost two in the morning. Two years ago, when we put it up. You'll remember it was 30 degrees around around uh, Valentine's Day, and we we're 60 feet up in a boom lift. The three of us putting this giant uh, banner slash kind of decal on the side of the silos and, and trying to make it look straight. And so um, that's actually everything that we've done uh, two years ago, and then this past year with Big Heart, they wanted to change the art up a little bit, and so we did. Um, same kind of thing. Go in the night before and put that big decal on the silos. And um, it's funny because all of that stuff is actually chipped. Drew it out on a piece of paper gave it to his staff. They sent it to us and we, we digitally turned that in from a, uh, you know, eight by 11 sheet of notebook paper to a giant colorful banner on the side of the silo. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember seeing that, you know, it was, it's a big deal. I remember that's every first year and you had shared on social media, like, yeah, we uh, had a pretty big job last night and posted a picture. I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's crazy. So that's really neat. You got to be a part of that uh, excitement around Chip um, professing his love to Joanna on Valentine's Day there at Magnolia. I did a gift from Joe to Chip too that not a whole lot of people I guess ran into because the silos were so big but Joanna actually had I think the guys over at Clint Harp build a giant wooden mallet for him and sent it up over to us. We put it on our laser. We've got a CNC laser in-house and we uh, laser engraved demo day on the side of this big giant wooden mallet for him. Wow. I think that's Very cool. Is that still there? Do you know? Or was a gift to him? It was a gift to him. So I, I think it's I think it's somewhere in his, I don't know if it's at his office at the silos or if it's at their headquarters. But yeah, we've been really blessed. Waco really gives us a lot of cool projects. We partner with a lot of companies in Waco to do a lot of their outdoor signage. So it's it's fun to do some fun projects like that for Magnolia. It's always heart-wrenching a week or so later when we have to go take it down because it looks so cool being up there. And it's a lot of work from our whole entire crew to put those together and then they come back down. But, you know, there's other times where we get to to drive around Waco. When my friends come in from out of town, we do the big Waco tour where I show them all the signs and stuff that we put up on various buildings and companies around town. So we, we get to show off the year round stuff, cool stuff we get to build. And your background's in welding. You went to school to do welding and then kind of morphed into this job with Sticker Universe. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of crazy. Sticker Universe and Hole in the Roof together were, uh, were one of my customers once upon a time ago. Um, I did a lot of work on their, the building that they restored downtown um, off Washington. So I've, I've known the Peel brothers, Joel and John both for a while now. So after I left TSTC, John was like, hey, man, I'm, I know you weld and I do stickers, but we need to figure out how to put the two together. So we do, um, he allows me to do a lot of custom fabrication here at my shop just outside of West. And I do a lot of sign frame work for him and kind of troubleshoot some other projects and, and things that we produce in-house. And then uh, he's been teaching me the, the vinyl install side of things so I can kind of help, help him do installs. Kylie Moran is 
one of our field guides volunteers, and he's also the woodshop manager for Sticker Universe. We, uh, we run a ministry together, and then we work together 40 hours a week during the week, too. So he works for Sticker Universe with us um, and does custom woodworking, be it furniture or tabletops or cutting boards or whatever. And so we work together. He was the other guy that was with us when we did the Magnolia install. So, yeah, it's, we kind of try to keep everything together. Uh, John Peel and, and Sticker Universe and his wife Genevieve are, are big support, supporters of our ministry. So that's part of that, that kind of keeping things local. We run a local ministry. All our decals are printed by Sticker Universe. Our shirts are made by Hole in the Roof. And we, we kind of try to keep everything in-house and, and in Waco. That's awesome. I know I'm, most people know, but I'm a huge Waco supporter. Anyway, I can cheer on Waco. I want to, to do that because I love, I love this community and I love what um, people like you and others just, you know, make Waco a better place. So I think it's cool for people to hear about the organizations like, um, the heart of Texas field guides. And, and then to hear also, I mean, people come from all over to go to Magnolia and, and to visit our city and to hear, you know, people in the background are out there in the middle of the night making these really cool installations. And as a marketing person um, who kind of gets to come up with different ideas, like I love the things you do there with Sticker Universe and the whole Rift does. So I'm really proud to have y'all in my community. And so um, and it's really cool getting to talk to you and hear more about what you are doing. And again, knowing you for all these years, it's fun to kind of hear, you know, it's like you've kind of grown up. I mean, <laughs> you were very <laughs> your son now, so it's cool to kind of hear your story. So I'm proud of you and I'm glad to have you on the podcast today. I love it. It's cool. I, uh, I spent a whole lot of my time with earbuds in my ears in my metal shop listening to podcasts and finally getting to be involved with one. It's, it's been a cool experience. Yeah, well, I'm glad to have you on. One last time, I um, give a plug for the Heart of Texas Field Guides. Um, you can find more information at hotfieldguides.com. They're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. So be sure you go reach out. Um, like many organizations, they need some donations, and they'll need some more volunteers once the air clears. So be sure to get involved. Get your kids involved. Such a really neat thing. Thanks for being on today, Travis. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. I've got one little plug to put in for that. Yeah, please. So while you're perusing Instagram, there is a second Instagram page to go to. So it's Field Guides Custom Rods. Matt Weibel builds custom fishing rods. And there's links to that on the hotfieldguides.com website. I run into more people who find they have someone in their household who is super hard to buy gifts for. It's like, oh, it's my dad or it's my grandpa or it's my mom or my aunt. They have everything. One of the best ways that they can uh, can surprise them is get a hold of Matt. Matt makes custom fishing rods. Oh. Of, of any and all sort. Um, started out building fly rods for us to go to Colorado with to have uh, some really cool looking rods. They're bright colors and there's different patterns he puts in. He is really turning into one of the premier rod builders that I've seen. And he makes, you know, spin cast, bait cast, crappie rods, fly rods. The, I mean, the full gamut of fishing rods. You can go down, you know, to a big box store and buy whatever fish rod that everybody else has on their boat too or you can go get something that's really personalized my favorite rod that i own in the world um, is a fly rod matt made me it's color matched to my reel so even if i'm really bad at fishing i look really good doing it these rods are just killer there um, he built me a custom a custom three-way fly rod which makes white bass fishing crazy so and that's really one of the ways that we fund the ministry as well is is through that field guides is 100 funded by private donations we're a non-profit it's all it's all tax deductible but we only exist if we're getting donations from people. When you're on the website, uh, hotfieldguides.com, right on the very front page, kind of top right corner, yellow button that says donate. If you need uh, year-end year tax giving, you just feel compelled to help kind of perpetuate what we're doing and help us fund this ministry. All those, the funds stay local to this ministry in Waco. There's a donate button there. When you click it, it sends you to a link where you can either pay via PayPal or it'll say pay with debit or credit card. You can put a little whatever amount you want in there and fill out that information and go straight to us. There's also one box and it's a, a box that I, I try to plug when I talk to people about donating. We love one-time gifts. We don't discriminate against gifts. We love any kind of gift you can give. 
Um, if it's a one-time gift, that's great. There's a small box right above the PayPal box that says make this a monthly donation. Um, having that smaller monthly donation is what really keeps our ministry afloat. Some folks tithe. If they don't tithe through the church, they support local ministries like us. And we That's really what keeps us going is our monthly gifts. And that's that's kind of the backbone of what keeps our ministry going. But um, one-time gifts, anything that you, uh, you feel compelled to give to do that. We're also putting out a a document right now, a PDF document for people to download where we're doing a build-a-bag program where we take these kids to, to Colorado. It's usually about $500 for that trip for a kid to go, and we sell shirts um, every year to kind of help offset the cost. Um, we run uh, an annual skeet shoot every year under our events tab on the website. You can see all that stuff, too. The website really kind of takes you through some of that through the events you can look through or contact us separately. We can talk about that. But that $500 is kind of hard for some of these kids to come up with, so we like doing the donations through that. That kind of helps us take kids to Colorado. But the Build-A-Bag program is building fishing bags, fly bags, uh, tying flies um, to help support these kids to go to Colorado as well. So all of this is going to be available through social media. Yeah, we can make sure we link that information too so I can see that. So that sounds good. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about all the things you're involved in. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, let me make sure everyone knows that you can visit anoriginaloutlaw.com to get more information about this podcast and other podcasts we've had. Uh, this is all powered by Rogue Media Network. So you be sure you check them out too. You can find them on all the social media outlets or go to their website at roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. I have to go grab my kids some milk or a snack or go do something, I'm sure, because they have kept quiet for almost an hour. So I'm sure they need me in some way since they're dependent on us because we've been locked in the house. So hope you all have a great day. Thank you. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.